Welcome back to the AEC Disruptors Podcast, your platform to help push the AEC industry forward. I'm your host, Christopher Riddell, and today's guest was Justin Smith, Director of Construction at Graystar, Principal at Real Equity Enterprises, LLC. And it was a topic we hadn't really had the opportunity to talk about too much here on the Disruptors. And it's this idea of wealth management in the AEC. And, you know, we even titled it Getting Your Share of the AEC. It was a great conversation, something I, I think a lot of people could get a lot out of, um, a topic I haven't really thought about too much in my own career, but it's important, is this idea of, you know, how can we build wealth within the industry that we're in? And he had a nice little kind of tagline that he, or a, a story he would talk about, which is this idea of um, note from future self, you know, did you take care of me? So your future self's writes back to you and says, did you take care of me on that project? Or did you think about what we were going to need in the future in terms of um, financial stability? Um, but it was all kind of centered around our industry. So it was a really cool talk. I hope you get to listen to it, enjoy and check back for more. Welcome back for another episode. On today's episode, we have Justin Smith, Director of Construction at Graystar, also Principal at Real Equity. How's it going, man? It's going good. How are you doing? Doing well. Glad to get to talk to you again. I really enjoyed our first talk, so I'm excited for, for this episode. Um, before we talk, and you know, our big topic for today is this idea of wealth management in the AEC industry. Mm-hmm. I'd love to know a little bit about you. You know, Who are you? What's some of your background? Kind of how have you gotten into this part of the industry and, you know, really, what do you do? Yeah, no. Hey, well, uh, thanks for having me on. Uh, first and foremost, I do appreciate taking out this time. And I love the title, the AEC Disruptors. Oh, yeah, sounds, man, thanks. You know, it, it, it sounds like the third leg of the of a Transformer movie, you know, so that's kind it of could cool. be. <laughs> Hopefully <laughs> it's, it's before it goes for too long. <laughs> exactly. Before it goes for too long, you know, we're like the, the, the anti-Megatron. So, um, uh, but but myself, been, I, I, I was really born into this. Um, and, and I say that sort of truthfully because I've always enjoyed sort of the, the building, the construction and the creation of things, right? To cre- the creation of, 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 building elements right whether it's you know whether it was a fence in my backyard or whether it was some play-doh creatures or whether it was some house out of legos um uh, shout out to that last guest you had that was on lego but uh but but it's really been this this concept that if you can dream it and you can think it and you can design it and you can draw it you can build it right um, and so, you know, I, I, I just live by that, um, was fascinated by buildings, fascinated by uh, uh, things happening in the community and how communities evolve, uh, went to school for it, you know, did drafting like in high school, went to, you know, thought I wanted to be an architect, went to school for architecture, and then went into construction management, um, then eventually involved into this concept of how do you build a city block, and that was also fascinating. Um, so I went into, you know, sort of real estate finance, real estate investment, and then and the many of the pieces and parts associated with that. So it, it's just been, you know, sort of a, you know, odd enough, been a labor of love. And, and I do enjoy, I do enjoy what I do. 
Um, I like the shout out for Legos. You know, personally, myself, I've been spending a lot of time building Lincoln Logs. I have two year old daughters, so we've been building a lot of Lincoln Log houses. So I do go. appreciate the <laughs> appreciate the reference. There you go. I gotta you find gotta someone. Keep... Maybe there's a guest that does things with Lincoln Logs. I don't know. Right. Um, yeah. But uh, but yeah. So no, I'm excited to have you. And when you reached out, it was a topic that we hadn't really approached on uh, the podcast to the point. And it's this idea of really wealth management within the AEC space. Mm -hmm. um and before we kind of dive into what that entails for you specifically uh you know tell me a little bit about one for you what is wealth management and then why have you kind of found yourself in this position where you you know this is a topic you're passionate about you know it it, it really dawned on me one day where um someone and it was at a company so so sort of in your early years you know you you get out of school um and two things that come to mind really is hey how can i make money and how can i you know or how can i do a great job and sort of build my career right i mean that, that, that's what many of us particularly in the what i call the abcd space um uh, in profession is known as sort of the aec aec space and we'll get into that but but really you want to build your career right um, you may want to make a little money, you may want to get out of student loans, but you're trying to really build your career. And one of the things that you, you, you hear sort of over and over is, is really have this work-life balance, right? I mean, and, and that's something that, that, so you're building your career, um, and, and then many professionals around you saying, hey, have this work-life balance, you know, make sure that you, you work well, build your career, and then, you know, life and da-da-da. Um, and, and it's somewhere in, in sort of my journey to, 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 to build a career, uh, to 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 make some money, to to build wealth, and that type of thing, I start to realize it's really not about work-life balance. It's I, I think um, it's about live-life balance, right? And work and career is is, is sort of along for the journey. It, it, yes, it may be what you do, but it's not who you are, right? Um, so this concept of sort of live-life balance is something that you know I I subscribe to now. Uh, working is part of that. Uh, being passionate about a, your, your work is part is part of that, um, and we have this industry that 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 is on. Um, some, sometimes it's on a longer continuum if you're on longer projects, but oftentimes you know they may be twelve month projects or four month projects and things like that. And so you know your career is almost like you know a mini economy. It's up and down. It's up and down, right? Between depending on the projects that you're working on, so you really need to subscribe, I think, in the AEC corridor um, to a live-life balance. I like that. Um, so you mentioned this idea of ABCDs, um, mm -hmm. and I think it'll kind of transcend some of this conversation, but, you know, what do you mean by that? So so ABCDs is, is sort of simple. Um, architects, builders, consultants, designers, engineers, um, and you can throw in a fortuitous T, which is technologist, right? But these are all the creatives. These are the folks that, you know, create our internet, create our downtowns, our city halls, our roads, our bridges, our houses, you know, our neighborhoods, you know, our community, you know, these are the folks that are, you know, building and designing and ensuring that, you know, freeways don't fall over and roads stay, stay built or potholes get filled, right? But many times, you know, what you see is most of these folks are, while they're building the world uh, for us, they don't always take care of themselves. 
They don't always uh, think about, okay, what's beyond the 401k or what's beyond this particular project that I'm on? And, and we've all been on timelines where it's like, okay, eight, eight months, we got to get this building out of the ground, right? Um, but we don't oft, often think about that long-term picture. We, and, and frankly, we don't always think about, do we have equity in that particular project? And are we able to benefit from that project like the owners are, right? Do we have a stake in it? Um, you know, do we have equity in it? And, and so, so that concept of speaking to the ABCDs is something I, I like to do, right? Because I'm part of that group. I understand that group and I know what we're going through. And, and I know that we can get sort of on this track of you know, sort of building projects or building, you know, our career, but often our own wealth management, our own wealth building, our own equity building takes a back seat and we don't realize until it's too late. So, so or, or at least where, you know, you have to, you know, do some catch up and that type of thing. But, but nevertheless, it, you know, I want to put some energy towards having that conversation with people, you know, hey, have you thought about, you know, buying a house? Have you thought about, you know, uh, buying a second house? Have you thought about self-directed IRAs? Have you thought about alternative investments? You know, have, have you thought about syndications? Have you thought about investing in, in um, multifamily real estate? And really opening people's eyes and concepts up to that, um, to, to those ideas. So your background kind of started in architecture. I mean, how did you find yourself, uh, you know, representing a company like Real Equity and really wanting to have conversations with these professionals about wealth management? Well, you know, because Real Equity was really born out of, hey, I wanted to buy single family houses. You know, I wanted to buy small duplexes and, and, and multiplexes and, and six and 10 units and that type of thing. And I was actually doing that, you know, right here in the Bay Area. Um, and so that, that, that's what really got me started on that. Um, and then it, it, it morphed into sort of private equity and looking at, you know, the expense and cost variables in certain locations uh, and moving it to much larger properties in, in other locations and then bringing in co-investors and partners and, and joint venture uh, uh, persons um, to do those type of deals. So, so, that, so that was a sort of morph. And, and, and it was simply just born out of, hey, you know, I'd like to, to uh, um, have, have cash flow uh, uh, investment properties. Do you see yourself, um, or, you know, as, as you have these conversations and as we're talking to mm -hmm. those members of the industry, do you, are there various strategies that we can apply to, you know, this idea of wealth management within our AEC space? Obviously, there are things we could do outside of that space where we could invest in certain stock market thing, you know, we could buy our own real estate. But do you talk to or do you see people really focusing on, I'm an architect working on a project, how can I get involved from a financial standpoint of that project? Yeah, Um there are certain opportunities where you might work with a particular project. You, you might have a relationship with the owner and you might talk to them. Hey, you know, I, I see we're doing this big project. Uh, I know you're in the middle of a capital raise. How might I be able to uh, get involved? You know, maybe I may, maybe I have a, a, a you know, a, a four, not a four, uh, maybe, yeah, a self-directed 401 or maybe I, I might have 
uh, some 1031 exchange money, or maybe I just have you know some inherited funds or what have you, and I want to invest in this project. And that's and I'm working on it. So it's something that's you that 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 you're familiar with. You're vested in it from from the perspective of you know getting it designed or, or making it happen. And maybe there's an opportunity for you to also get involved into it. So, so that's one way is just you know asking you know the specific stakeholders of that project. Hey, you know how do I get involved? Um, a second arena is. If you are an architect, you know, maybe finding a small project in your neighborhood. Uh, some people start with an ADU in their back, back, uh, backyard. Like, you know, I happen to be in California and, uh, you know, people are, and, and laws and, and some rules have changed such that people can turn their house, go from single family to a duplex. Um, so maybe there's an opportunity for you to do that and build some value or create some value in your own dwelling or look at the place across the street. Maybe it's a vacant land a lot and, and you as an architect or you as an engineer uh, might know how to uh, deal with that circumstance and get it entitled or, or, or get it designed and get it built and partner with someone to bring in the capital or you might have the capital yourself. So, so there's many ways that you can sort of take what you know um, and sort of take that to the next level to build, uh, you know, to create an opportunity for yourself. I guess there's even opportunities if, you know, I'm an architect working on a project, you know, my investment may simply be the, the fee, the design fee or commission that I would have originally charged. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, there may be opportunities when we go to set out for a project, instead of asking that owner to pay me, you know, whatever it is, 1%, yep. 1.5% design fee, it's like, keep that but that's going to go back into that project for an investment. I mean, do you see even that as an opportunity for investing in the work we do? Oh, oh for sure. And, and that's open to a lot of different consultants and, and, and different folks that work on projects. For example, you know, um, um, whether you are, let's say you're a surveyor and you have to survey some uh, particular large plot of land and you know that that is actually, you know, a main piece of the project or, you work in utilities or something, and uh, you know that that landowner needs that, uh, and it may be particularly expensive. Um, you you might say, "Hey, well, I'll do those services, or I'll do those pieces and parts of the project, and I'll leave my fee uh, in, in in the project, mm -hmm. so that you become either a, you know a limited partner or, or or depending on the the level of service, you could be a general partner, right?" Um, and really add, not only adding, you know, capital or investment or equity to the project, you're adding value, you know, to the project because that person, you know, has a, has the benefit of somebody with the knowledge that can help them along the way. So there's different, so, so if you really think outside the box, you know, there are really different opportunities for you to sort of, you know, not only be vested uh, in terms of professionally, but also, you know, have a capital stake and even have a service stake and just leave your fee or, or, or your cost or what have you in the project. And you'll see that that might add up in the early days that that uh, uh, exponentially sort of increases over time. You know, because I would think um, it all sounds great. It makes mm -hmm. sense that I would invest in uh, the things that I do or build so I can get something outside of just my nine to five. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, obviously people are going to be met with, well, how do I get started? Or I don't have the funds. Yeah. I mean, are there ways around, um, you know, you've mentioned syndication, you know, that's one thing I want to know about, but mm -hmm. are there ways around that? Like, how does somebody even get started if they uh, don't just readily have those funds? You know, um, 
there, there are different ways you could do it. Uh, I will say, if you are looking to be a uh, LP in a, in a, let's say, a multifamily syndication deal, and, I, and I've done a number of those, uh, bringing, bringing those deals to market, or, or to you know, friends and family investors, um, you, you actually can use your own IRAs. You actually, um, you can use even your 401k. You can use what, what they call self-directed IRAs or, or self-directed 401ks um, where you can roll those institutional dollars to a self-directed institutional uh, uh, in, uh, organization and then be able to have check writing power over that. So, um, and, and I've done that before and I've known others to do it. And if someone really wants to get into the detail of that, you know, reach out to me because I can help them uh, and lead them down that path. But, but essentially you, you're finding your own money. Um, in most institutional places, you know, and I won't name some of the, the, the bigger uh, 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 banks and, and retirement uh, institutions, you know, your money's locked up for 59 years or, 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 or till, you, till you're 59 or what have you. Um, and then you retire and then, you know, you have access to that money and, and that type of thing. Well, there are um, institutions that allow you to have check writing ability uh, for those dollars, right? So, that, so that, that's one, one, one particular way. Um, you know, inheritances, uh, you know, that, that, that many people get. Uh, sometimes, you know, some folks usually their, their own equity in their house um, or, or, or in other, you know, other uh, properties they, they may have. Um, another thing, you know, folks do is um, pool dollars together. So maybe there's several members of your family or, or several in your book club or what have you, and you guys might pool dollars together to invest in a particular piece of property or to, or to invest in, let's say, a multifamily syndication. Um, and when that does well and that starts to take off um, and then there's a there's a capital outlay, then you can roll that forward into another deal and that type of thing. So you get really creative. Um, there are a number of ways you can sort of find dollars to, to do, you know, to, to invest in, in, in certain types of things. And that's just going to expand. I mean, I. Uh... I have, I have to, or I'm going to be, um, I get to be, I guess you could say, I get to be on a panel in a couple of weeks where Ooh. we talk about the, the metaverse and its yeah. impact on uh, construction. What mm -hmm. that is, I have no clue. But, you know, through the research, one thing that keeps popping up, which is interesting, is this idea of NFTs. So I'm yep. not sure if you're familiar with NFTs, but uh, for those that aren't non-fungible tokens, um, but using NFTs to buy partial ownership or fractional ownership of real estate. Mm -hmm. um, and it's an interesting thought. And in fact, I mean, there are companies out there that do similar things. There's a company I think called Fundrise where you mm -hmm. can buy mm -hmm. like, it's basically crowdsource investing where you can buy parts and pieces of a real estate property right. and you get some kickback in return. So it does seem like one, there's a lot of opportunities if you're creative or if nothing else, know who to ask. And then with things like yep. NFTs, it's going to expand even further into this idea of fractional ownership. Yeah, no, no I agree. And the sky's going to be the limit on that because it's, it's there's such newness to it, right? Mm -hmm. You know, I've, I've even heard of the, the tokenization of real estate, you know, so for a certain, for a certain project, you know, it's, it's you, you buy a fractional share of it, 
through buying a token of some sort. And, and you know, I'm no expert at that at all. Um, but, but, you know, a lot of those things are, are, are out there, right? Um, uh, you know, another point I was going to, I forgot to mention earlier, is sort of crowdfunding. Um, and, and that kind of goes with the sort of book club idea. Uh, but you'd be surprised, like, someone could have, you know, 10, 15, $25,000 and invest, you know, into a crowdfunding opportunity um, or invest into a, you know, multifamily syndication or, or, or to uh, a storage, you know, uh, storage units or, or, or what do you call it? mobile home parks and things like that. Um, and the vehicle to that, that some set up is sort of crowdfunding vehicles uh, syndications, or or it might just be a joint venture. So, but, but you're but getting back to the idea of the NFTs and the tokenization of real estate, man, that that that's just going to take off, you know, um, and really be something to to watch for if you're really into that. That research is nuts. I mean, even talking about mm -hmm. I mean, we're talking here, we're talking about land, and I mean, there are people that are buying land in the metaverse. So there's right. multiple versions of the metaverse, but buying land is a speculative investment that one day somebody's going to need this. And I mean, I saw that, you know, Snoop Dogg is building his house in the metaverse and right. somebody spent like How 400 grand. Yeah, I know. Somebody spent 400 grand to like have land next to him, which sounds really stupid. But then like the argument is like, oh, well, one day Snoop Dogg is going to do a, a free concert and you might be able to own the land right up against it and charge people, you know? So they're discussing this way of how can this virtual land mm -hmm. be used to create reoccurring income um, just like regular land. Uh, and it's just, it's mind blowing. The AEC Disruptors podcast is brought to you by Applied Software. With solutions for the modern project, Applied Software is on a mission to transform industries by empowering clients and champion innovation with real world expert consultants. Their comprehensive array of solutions for the AEC, MEP, and manufacturing has a singular focus, helping you achieve higher performance. With software, training, support, consulting, and custom development, Applied Software has you covered. Visit asti.com and let them know we sent you. That, that's amazing. And that, that concept in itself you know, and I really, you know, I haven't delved into it, but but the fact that you can buy sort of virtual land, um, you know, it, it boggles the mind. You know, I mean, you know, the thought the thought that comes to mind for me is, why wouldn't somebody just create another virtual piece of land and then slap that right next door to it? You know, so but but don't get me to speaking on something that I have no idea about, but I, but I do find it fascinating. So, um, you know, let me know what, what comes out of that conference. <laughs> I know. I, I, I'll be so overwhelmed by uh, yeah. the people on the panel, but, you know, okay, so let's get back and track a little bit. Um, although, I mean, it is relative or, uh, you know, relevant because we're talking about ownership of land and property, yeah. but yeah. you mentioned this thing and I've kind of looked on your Instagram, you have this idea of like note from future self. Yeah. Um, yeah. Talk to me a little bit about that. And, you know, what is the message we're really trying to convey to those in the industry? Really, and, and it's sort of along the same lines that I was mentioning earlier about ABCDs and, and, and taking care of yourself, right? Um, 
yes, you have to take care of your industry, your job, and you want to, you know, do that. But but you also need to, along the way, um, look at that piece, you know, look at that investment. You know, we're so sort of patterned to putting money in our 401k and just kind of letting it ride out because we know that we can't do anything with it, you know, until, you know, years in the future. But uh, my concept is, okay, if you're part of the ABC CDs, then, then, and if you were to go back and sort of the ghost of Christmas past concept, but your future, future chef will go back to you and say, hey, what did you do for me in your 20s and your 30s and your 40s or whatever that allows me to take advantage of, you know, alternate real estate, uh, to take advantage of building wealth, to take advantage of sort of, you know, the, the boom of real estate, you know, the 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 uh, um, advantages of, of tax depreciation uh, of, of depreciation of cost segregation of tax benefits um, and, and some of those things that might help me you know sort of shield some of my capital gains and that type of thing. What did you do for me that that really helped that? And so uh, for those of us that are in the in these career profession, that's why I sort of tackle the the ABCDs that you know we might get on a project for eighteen months or four months, like I mentioned earlier. You know, are you at the same time thinking about allowing that time that 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 uh, uh, allowing your money to also work as hard as you do and, and be invested in something else? And so that after eight months of a project or two years on a project, you know, you sell that piece of property and now the value's gone up, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so so that's really, you know, talking back to your to your your future self talking back to your current self saying, hey, look after us, look after your family, take advantage of, of, of time um, and, and maximizing your investment now so that in the future, you'll be better off. I mean, I, you, you'll hear, you know, I don't know who said it, maybe it was Warren Buffett, but this mm-hmm. idea of if your money, one has to be making money for you and effectively you need to be making money when you sleep. That's right. Uh, you know, right. if you're not doing these type of investments, I mean, I've gone as far as, you know, uh, how can you use an HSA and invest those funds when they're not just sitting there for future insurance claims? Um, what's interesting is these conversations, I mean, maybe they happen, but I remember uh, a couple of years ago, I went with my wife down to, we went to Georgia, we both graduated from Georgia Tech and they were doing some sort of alumni um, mm-hmm. session. And the individual that was there was talking kind of similar to this concept, but it was not geared towards the uh, AEC industry. It was just in general. Um, mm-hmm. But what I thought about was that we had to go, we had to step outside of our industry to even have these type of conversations mm-hmm. uh, that were not mm-hmm. related to us specifically. I mean, we talked about things that we made sense, but um, you know, it, it's interesting that in our education, whether it's for architecture school or even within our architecture firms, these conversations, they just don't seem to happen a whole lot. Yep. Yep. No, you're right about that. And so it it, it, kind of goes out of, I I don't know if you recently heard like Florida is mandating that, you know, I think it's the high school curriculum. Um, You know, everyone has, you know, some, some form of financial education, you know, gets out of this concept of, you know, sort of the, 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 Hey, when I was young, you know, no one ever told told me about credit management. When I was young, nobody ever told me how to, you know, manage my account or, or financial management or even financial awareness, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and and so we don't get that. We, we don't typically get that when we're young. And then the other thing is, if you're if you're I don't somewhat siloed um, in a, in a particular profession, 
you know, let's say you're 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 a a, a, um, a computer programmer or a software programmer or an, or, an, or an accountant or you know a structural engineer, right? You're so focused on that particular craft or that trade and doing well with that that you know you don't have those conversations about financial awareness. And, and many of those folks, hey, want to start a business, and that's when it really comes up. It's like, oh my God, hold on a second. I need yeah. to understand cost management. I need to understand accrual, accrual-based accounting. I need to understand cash flow accounting and things like that. So um, it's really, you know, having those conversations, you know, as you go to really open yourself up to that, to that, to, to both sides of that, you know. Um, it's an interesting uh, challenge for a lot of, say, employers within the industry, because I know internally we've had conversations from a, a learning and development perspective mm-hmm. about how do we expose our team and our employees to different topics. Yep. You know, you mentioned we're so focused on, you know, our, our company does a lot of software type training. So I'm more so focused on making sure you understand how to use the product that you're going right. to model with. Um, and companies will pay thousands of dollars for that. But what they, what they don't offer internally a lot is any of these conversations. I mean, there are CFOs and financial folks within that firm that have a lot of this knowledge uh, you know, one challenge is how do we take those individuals and how do we put on internal seminars that talk just about wealth management or just about, you know, whatever it is and not so focused on this idea of, you know, our product or whatever our specialty is. Yeah, no, I think you, you hit the nail on the head, you know, and, and in some respects, the leaderships of, you know, of our companies are, are so focused on sort of getting the job done, right? Uh, and there's some discussion about, you know, there's like the emotional intelligence and working with others and, and uh, you know, uh, self-improvement, self-awareness. And, and so, but, but it's all in vain of working with, with that particular entity. And it can be very, you know, uh, insular, right? But, but you're right, you know, thinking outside of, okay, well, well, what happens if, you know, we all know that employment is at will employment, right? So what happens after that? What happens you know, if this company doesn't do well, what if it does do well? What if you do have a windfall and 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 your and your company goes public? You know, what, what else do you do? So, so I, I, that's where it gets back to what I was mentioning earlier about live life balance, right? And kind of looking at things, you know, from a holistic perspective. And unfortunately, if it's not going to be at your at at your place of employment where that conversation is going to happen, well, then let's have it. At, you know, let's have it at, at meetups. Let's have it at networking event. You know, look at you know, you know, you know, do it at your book club, do it at your your tea club. You know, but you know, uh, do it at, at the weekend with your buddies and uh, several buddies of mine. We actually go out um, and we do these um, empowerment hikes, where quite frankly, it's very tiring because we just find a hill and we just or a mountain and we just walk the mountain. But but we do talk about self-awareness. We talk about supporting each other. We talk about, you know, things that might be happening for us personally, things that might be happening with, you know, uh, uh, you know, our marriages with our kids, you know, and, and those type of things. Things talk about business, but really just to kind of, you know, support each other, you know, and just be there for each other. We, we don't get to do it, you know, all the time because everyone, you know, everyone's super busy, but 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 it is about, you know, sort of connecting. Um, and engaging with others, you know, no phone, you know, uh, no phones or no, no texting and this type of thing, but, but really just kind of, you know, uh, folks just getting together and, and, you know, a group of guys just kind of getting together and, and letting the, letting your veil, you know, down in terms of, you know, sort of the, the, the roles and responsibilities you might have in life and just kind of talk to each other and try to support each other. 
Um, I saw one of those, you know, maybe this one you had your phone, but I was kind of looking at your Instagram right before yeah. uh, we came on and it reminded me of, you know, you mentioned you do a lot of these construction tip Tuesday things. Yeah. Um, it seems like your, I mean, your career to this point, you've really been able to touch a lot of a project from the beginning to the end. Mm -hmm. um, you know, what inspired you to kind of do this construction tip Tuesday and, and really who's the audience that you're trying to reach with that? You know, it, it, that was born out of, everyone seems to suggest that, you know, development is so easy. And, and you get a lot of gurus and, and, and a lot of folks out there, you know, sort of, hey, real estate is easy. Development is easy. You know, you can get out, you can make lots of money and that type of thing. And I, and I do agree that you can, right? But, there, but along that journey of development, along that journey of real estate, and that, because that's what I know, that's why I live and breathe, there are little nuances that I feel might help people out. And so it was just really born out of how can I within... Um, uh, you know, a minute, minute and a half, give someone a tidbit, a feature, um, or some insight into what they can do to help them, you know, get into real estate, get into development, that type of thing. Because, you know, yes, everyone says, oh, you can make lots of money to do this. But at the same time, there's a lot of different things that you need to understand, you know, and, and, and so my one of my first really talked about scope, budget, and schedule, because those are the, probably the three highest and most important things that you need to understand as you go into a particular development deal. Um, and, and each one, and so each one is, a, is, is, is some nuance of that, right? You know, whether I'm talking about uh, dealing with, you know, landscaping, uh, whether I'm talking about dealing with flooring materials, um, you know, whether I'm talking about, you know, dealing with uh, electrical outlets and, 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 and cabling and, and those type of things. Those are all nuances as part of this whole uh, um, development and construction environment. And I just want to have a little fun and share knowledge with folks, you know, so they can see, hey, look, you know, it, 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 there's a little more to it, um, but you can also have fun with it. And, you know, for those that are listening or, or interested and they reach out and they say, hey, you know what? I want to know more about X, X topics. How can you help me with that? You know, I might have a, a consultant. I might have a vendor. I might have an architect. I might have someone that has some knowledge about that, or I might even have knowledge about that, and I can share that resource. I mean, the, the, you know, I, I believe in sharing the wealth. I believe in, in, in everyone uh, getting their share, uh, getting their peace, and getting real equity, um, and, and I want to help in, in spreading that knowledge. So it's really just about just sharing my ideas and sharing the things that I've done. I think it's awesome. Um, I mean, because as you said, in the uh, we all hear that a lot of people make money in real estate, and that's where yeah. a lot of the wealth is. Um, and kind of why we wanted to start this conversation is the idea. Sometimes it seems very overwhelming as how do I get started, or I don't yeah. have the funds, or that's for everyone else. So there's too much to understand. Um, so having those resources available, even if it's just small tidbits, uh, or even being exposed to this idea that there are people out there that are getting involved with the projects that they're working on to build equity past, you know, that the end date of that project um, are kind of inspiring because I don't know if a lot of people realize that's happening. Yeah, and that's true. And some people, like you say, don't, don't know where uh, and, and how to get, you know, how to get things started, right? Um, you know, that, that, you know, how do I go from, you know, dirt to keys, right? You know, I mean, I've, I've gone from dirt to keys 
on seven different projects in the last 10 years, you know, all successfully, all on, on budget, on time and, and on scope, right? But, but how do you do that? You know, mm-hmm. and, and where do you do that, right? So, so, so in, in my travels, and I've done that in, in four to five different states, uh, still working on in different projects in different places, um, and it, and it's also different, and, and it can be very nuanced, right? Um, and so, I just want to be able to share that, share that knowledge, and let people know, hey, yes, you can get out there and do it. Um, it's not necessarily as easy as the guru might say, but it, it is definitely achievable. Um, but but here are some things that you, you know, along your way, you, you should uh, definitely consider. I mean, I find myself thinking about it all the time. I mean, my wife and I, you know, during this huge housing boom that we're all in, mm-hmm. we, we constantly get those. We want to buy your home for cash. We want to do that, right. you know, and we've thought right. about even things of, hey, what if we we rent our home? And this is something we've talked about. How do we let's rent our home? Oh, that sounds great. OK, well. Where do the funds come for the next home? You know, all of those things, like we, we're so programmed in a way to, you, you get a house, it, it appreciates a little bit, you sell it, you use all that money and you put it on another house and, you know, you just keep working that way or the same thing with like a car. Everyone's just used to, I get a car, I have a car, I have a car payment in 10, five years, yeah. I yeah. get another car, I have a car payment, you know, I'm just used to doing that. Um, but it is one of those things that sometimes you feel like, well, we can't get started because we don't have X, Y, and Z or, you know, somebody else mm-hmm. has the luxury to do that. So, I mean, I think it's a really cool topic and that's why I was excited to talk about it because like I said, it just, it's not something that we hear about a lot in our industry. You're right. And, and quite frankly, um, people need to kind of, you know, bring it down. Everyone says, oh man, you know, skyscrapers, I can't do that. And, and, and it, it, that may be, that may be true. There are some challenges to doing, you know, trying to do a 14-story tower because I did a 14-story tower, you know, in Hawaii, and and that had its inherent challenges, um, most definitely, right? I mean, that's that's not for, for the novice, but but maybe you can, you know, build your own duplex from from, from the ground up um, and that type of thing, and that and that really you you'll experience a lot of the different pieces and parts uh, along that de- development journey, um, you know. So so that 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 will, 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 will sort of teach you. And, and it's really about just kind of getting, getting, getting started. So, um, you know, I have uh, different people that I, that I either consult with or, or clients or what, what have you um, that come to me and say, hey, I have a, I have a plot of land, you know, uh, I want to I put something on it, what do I do? Um, and I can either, you know, coach them through the pro- process, um, you know, I can help them get, you know, their plans, help them get it built, you know, whatever they see fit. And really try to, you know, uh, work with them on, on, on that opportunity. You mentioned kind of, as we wrap up, wrap up, you mentioned last time, this idea of, um, you know, build it or buy it. And mm-hmm. there's different mm-hmm. strategies that go with each one of those. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what are some of those strategies that you sort of use yourself or you tell people about, um, that, you know, if, if somebody says like, Oh, that was a cool podcast, I'm ready to get started, but yeah. I don't know how the heck to get started. You know, tell me a little bit about these strategies for building it or buying it. Well, there, there's a couple of things, you know, and, and that's something that that um, it, it there it really depends on like what you have the uh, your risk versus reward. Let's talk about that first, right? Because because if you want to build like a three-story house, or, or, or I'm sorry, a, a triplex, right? You want to build a triplex, but 
and you start off from the ground up, well, you might have to go through either buying the land if you or entitlements and approvals and regulations and developments and 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 and, and laws and codes and construction, labor material and all those type of things, right? Um, or you can go out and find a triplex somewhere, you know, renovate it and fix it up. So, and then the where you do that um, becomes a part of that. Do you do that in, let's say, Texas? Do you do that in Arkansas? Do you do that in Oklahoma? Do you do it in Phoenix? You know, do you do it right in your backyard? If you, let's say you live in uh, uh, Virginia or live in Colorado, right? So, so really the concept of build versus buy is, what, how much risk do you want to take and how much reward do you want to have, right? If you go out and you acquire a 10 unit or, or, or 15 or 50 unit building, you don't have to go through all of those processes. I, I just outlined the entitlement approval and all that process. You can just buy it. Now, now your return on that might be a little bit different because all of that's already done, right? So you may get a, I don't know, depending on you and how much money you put in, in your financial variables, but, but uh, in, in let's say in a syndication deal or, or multifamily deal that I've done, you know, you might have anywhere between a seven to 9% cash on cash return and you hold it for five, 10 years or whatever and have a, a nice IRR uh, at the end of that or return on that whole investment, right? Um, in, in the double digits upper 18s, right? Or, you, you know, you build it from scratch, same area, and you may have a greater return, but you have a lot of different things you, you, you've gone through and, and a lot of risks along the way. So this concept of build, build versus buy is something that, you know, uh, I take a look at in my own personal strategy in, in, in the real equity strategy in terms of, okay, where is the opportunity and what type of opportunity is it? Is it a new construction opportunity or is it an acquisition uh, opportunity? And what's the returns on both? Um, and and my investors' appetite to move in one direction or the other, uh, and, and and the returns that are so associated with one or the other. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And and I would guess there are maybe this. I mean, there's always a risk, right? Because mm -hmm. if I'm buying it, there's some unknown risk of what what am I buying, and you right. know what is the quality of what I'm buying. Uh, you know, if I open up that. Uh, that wall and all of a sudden I see that I got to replace X, Y, and Z that I never knew. So it, it does seem when we talk about this idea of a strategy for build versus buy, I would think you need a really good team of people That's right. to help you assess property and assess, you know and make those decisions so that you're not kind of getting into, hey, I'm going to renovate our house. Uh, my wife and I, our first home, this is our first home, the one I'm in for like a split second, we went into just a total dump. We're like, oh, we could, you know, we could renovate this. And we've mm -hmm. actually done a lot of that to our home now, but we're like, oh, we could renovate this. It would have been the worst mistake ever. Like it was our first home. We would have never done a renovation before. We would have All not right. wanted to live there while we were doing it. Um, but th there were obvious problems, but sometimes those problems aren't obvious. So I would think that you got to make sure you have a good team uh, when we're looking to buy so that we uh, can do that due diligence. That's right. And, and, and I think, and it's interesting, the, the, the concept of team, because you, you're right. Whether you're building or you're buying, you do need to understand the power of team and you do need to have your team. Now, I'll say on the, um, on the build it side of the fence, there are a lot more team players that you do need to rely on. Um, mm -hmm. And there's key information <clears throat> along that pathway that you might need to rely on, like 
geotechnical reports, uh, uh, environmental reports, or, or waterproofing, or an architect, or you know the contractor, or the 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 the, the window installer, or your carpet installer, or, or the person that's doing your concrete foundation. All these different little pieces, and, and folks might have one, two percent, three percent, you know, four small parts of the entire project, but there's a lot along that team continuum that you need to rely on on the build side versus on the buy side, you know, it, it may be a smaller, you know, set of team. It, it could be, you know, uh, your, your financial team. It could be, you know, uh, you, the contractor, a realtor and your title company. And, and that's it, right? Um, and, and you may play multiple hats. You may have your contractor, your realtor play multiple hats and boom, you, you, you can get into it and get it done. So, so I do think there's a uh, there's a lot more technicality on the build side than it is on the buy side, and it might be a little bit easier uh, to ascertain, and that might be a good place for people to start. Particularly if you want to, you know, start fast, uh, get in, uh, uh, start with you know, start with cash flow, um, and and then you know, work your way into sort of the acquisition. I mean, in, into the uh, new construction, uh, repair or renovation side of things. Well. We can only barely touch, get into the topic. Obviously, you have so much more you could share. Um, before yeah. we go, you know, if, if somebody wanted to reach out, how can they get a hold of you or how can they find you? Yeah, uh, a couple of ways. Um, the website is probably the easiest, realequity.com. Uh, that's the, the logo here over my left shoulder. That's um, fine. <laughs> <laughs> that's all right. They mirror it, man. Sometimes it's hard <laughs> to tell. <laughs> Exactly. Where is my bloody shoulder? Um, or, or, you know, just send me an email at info at relequity.com uh, or, or call me directly, uh, 510-991-2770. Um, but yeah, you know, if, if folks have ideas or concepts or, or just want to know, hey, how can I get started? Maybe, maybe I want to get started in investing, right? Um, and, and ride alongside of, you know, some of the projects that I'm doing. Um, and hey, you know, feel free to reach out for sure. You might be the first to give their phone number on the show. So well done. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Justin, it's been a pleasure. I really enjoyed the conversation. Thanks for joining me. Hey, well, thanks for having me. I do appreciate it, sir. I do appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the AEC Disruptors podcast. Enjoy this episode. Leave us a rating or review while sharing with your friends and coworkers. I'd love to hear from you. Send me a LinkedIn request or follow our LinkedIn page to let me know if there's a topic you'd like to hear. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Thanks for listening. The AEC Disruptors is directed by Christopher Riddell, produced by Todd Wyant, and edited by Eric Daniel. The AEC Disruptors is an applied software production, copyright applied software, 2022.